Welcome to another Ask Scanner School podcast episode. This is where I answer your submitted questions. And you can ask me your question at any time by calling 516-308-2885, by going to our Ask page over at scannerschool.com slash ask, by filling out the form, or by using SpeakPipe. Of course, you can always email me, phil at scannerschool.com. And at the end of today's session, we will give away a free tutoring session to a lucky person who used our voicemail line to ask their question. All the session notes can be found online at scannerschool.com slash session 237. All units stand three. It now appears as though shots are being fired. All officers use caution. It has been confirmed. Suspects are armed and are firing at police. Welcome to Scanner School. This podcast is here to teach you all about the scanner radio hobby. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and my amateur radio call sign is W2LIE. And my GMRS call sign is WQXJ920. As a reminder, on the first Tuesdays of every month, so if you're catching this live right now, tonight on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, we'll be live to answer your questions. As quick as they come in, we'll be answering them. It's 8 p.m. Eastern U.S. time. And anybody who is a Patreon $5 or month Patreon supporter will also be able to meet us for our monthly roundtable discussion or our monthly meetup where we talk about everything under the sun, basically. It is radio-related, but we get a little bit involved in other things here and there that are of interest to us. And if you want to be a part of that, you can easily go to scannerschool.com slash Patreon, sign up for the $5 a month membership, and you'll have access to our monthly meetups immediately, or the replay if you're catching this late. As a reminder, you can ask your questions by dialing 516-308-2885 or by using our SpeakPipe button on the Ask link over at scannerschool.com slash ask. Now, before we get any further in this week's podcast, I want to take a few minutes to thank our Patreon supporters. Now, Patreon is an affordable way for you to support the podcast and our upcoming expansion into YouTube for 2022. So think of Patreon as the PBS model of helping out Scanner School. For a monthly or yearly donation, not only do you help support the podcast, but depending on your donation tier, you will receive certain benefits. The most popular benefit tier being our $5 a month or the $51 a year tier. It's the same tier. We just discount if you can pay us over a year. Now, this tier offers the podcast and YouTube videos early and also you receive a free squelchy pack of stickers, several discounts, and access to our monthly live scanner radio roundtable discussion we hold monthly on Zoom. Oh, and by the way, most of the Patreon levels also get a special version of the podcast that does not include the middle advertising break in each episode. Now, find out more about Patreon and our supporting tiers by visiting scannerschool.com Patreon. I'd also like to take a moment here and thank all of our Patreon supporters. 
Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Middleton, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Pascoe, David C., Danny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, Jack Haycock, Shock Berry, James Broxton, James Felling, James Pruda, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeo, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, Joe Curtis, John Cordoff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Mike Lowe. Lopez. Nicholas Stanger, Paul Teal, Paul Seish, Randy Lee Wright, Raymond Hill, Roger Stenstrom, Ronnie Box, Sal Marandola, Scott Lefgren, Terry Wright, Tim Mazza, Ted Glendie, and William Arcand. Our very first voicemail question comes in from Mike. Mike, go ahead and take it away. Hi, Phil. This is Mike calling you from Carlsbad, California. Appreciate all your uh, work on the podcast and helping us out in the confusing world of scanners. During a recent trip to Yosemite National Park, I took note in advance of the trip of the frequencies that park operations would be using, looked it up on the internet. Those frequencies, about 13 of them, they range between 155 and 172. I had expected that it, the Home Patrol 2 would behave like most scanners did, at least in my past, an old uh, Radio Shack Model 91 and the Bearcat, Bearcat 780XLT, where you could set an upper limit, a lower limit, and tell the scanner to go to work. However, when I got up there, I could not find that feature. I looked through the documentation I had with me and uh, was striking out. When I got home, I did more research, and it looks like Uniden will sell an upgrade they call Extreme Features, and that that upgrade, along with a firmware upgrade to support the add-on, the additional feature set, is necessary in order to do what most people would think is a normal kind of search pattern, set a limit upper and lower and let the scanner go to work. So I'm hoping you can speak to that, maybe confirm or deny whether that uh, extreme feature is required and or any other observation you can make. Thanks very much. Appreciate everything you do. Hey, Mike, sorry you had a little bit of a negative experience there with your Home Patrol 2 while you were on vacation, but uh, this, is, <laughs> this is that live and learn type of scenario here. All joking aside, look, the the Home Patrol and the Home Patrol 2 were basically made, and, and you can tell by the user interface here, right, that it was made for somebody that kind of wanted to just set it and forget it. This radio was, was made for the typical person that didn't understand how scanners work. They just wanted to take something out of a box, quickly set it up, and then leave it on their countertop or their desk or their nightstand just to listen to the local police or local fire or something like that, right? This wasn't made for somebody like you or I who really use scanner radios, okay? This is, I don't want to say it's a dumbed-down version of a scanner, but it is an advanced dumbed-down scanner. And this is why we have the Extreme Upgrade. The Extreme Upgrade brings in all those standard features that we would expect to have in a scanner that was never part of the Home Patrol platform because it wasn't manufactured. That wasn't their avatar when they went ahead and built this scanner. So think about who they, they were building this scanner for, right? Like I said, this could be somebody who was out of the hobby for a long time. This could be a senior citizen. This could be somebody that just wants to listen. It doesn't want to get into the technical details and the programming and the setup and, and, and all the tweaking that we do. So what do you do, right? You take the scanner out of the box. You throw batteries in it. You walk through basically the step-by-step touchscreen guide. And it's touchscreen because it makes it easy to use, right? 
And what do you do? You enter in your zip code. You enter in what you want to listen to. You enter in your range. And all of a sudden, boom, the radio starts. It sets itself up and starts going. When you want to get a little bit more advanced on it, you plug it into your computer. Maybe you do a firmware upgrade on it. You update the Home Patrol Master database on there. Okay, now you've got the latest stuff on there. Well, what if you want to customize what the scanner is actually listening to? Well, now you take your Sentinel and you create a favorites list and then you write it back to the scanner. And now you have that one favorites list that you can turn off or on in the scanner. If you want to do more with it, you create other favorites lists, right? But the favorites lists are always independent of each other. Or I believe that's the way I remember always being, right? You can only do one favorites list at a time. That was basically the extent of the scanner. It wasn't until people started to react to the Home Patrol and say, this is missing, or we want this, or, you know, how come this wasn't included with the scanner, that we saw you didn't say, okay, well, we can release, maybe this was always in the back of their minds, I mean, it could be, but maybe they realized that they have a market here, and, and maybe they missed the mark, or maybe they went for that particular avatar, but our part, right, they, they, they we wanted more out of that radio. So they gave it to us, but it was an extreme upgrade. I don't know why they had to make it an extreme upgrade that you was something you had to pay for. I don't know why they couldn't have baked it into the price, but it is what it is, right? So we're stuck now paying for an extreme upgrade in the scanner. You could purchase it online by going to my.udidin.com and you can enter in your email address and your credit information and the serial number of the scanner and it will spit you back right instructions and how to enter in an unlock code so that you can put extreme or unlock extreme basically on your scanner it's not really a firmware that pushes extreme it's more of an unlock feature or a key code that opens up this information kind of like dmr and pro uh, pro voice are on the the p2 scanners right it doesn't you don't add it you basically just unlock it there's also a manual for the extreme upgrade and again i'll include that in the show notes on the podcast episode but again like i said basically you just drop in your registration number into the home patrol to unlock the features and what happens when you have the extreme upgrade now installed in the home patrol well using the home patrol interface you can add in a per channel delay you can add channel alerts you can add volume offsets you can adjust the service types What's really cool is you can do a trunk system analyzer, which allows you to view and also review trunk system activity and the status of the trunk system. You also have a system load and reception status report. You have a logical channel number activity monitor. You have an activity log. You have a talk group converter. You can also play around with band scopes in there as well. An RF power plot, trunking discovery, conventional discovery. But what you're looking for is also included, which is a limit search. Enter in a low, enter in a high, and let the scanner use that as just boundaries to search out frequencies within that particular upper and lower, or lower and upper bookmark, basically, or or wall, right? Somebody like that wants to get in advance with it and, and use more computer control software, like ProScan or something like that, well, guess what? You've got raw data output. It basically enables the serial port on the Home Patrol as well. You can also grab the audio over the USB port. So if you were using, I think, 
pro uh, pro scan supports the home patrol one but if it does it would allow you to not only control the radio but also grab the audio off of a single port instead of running something into the sound card of the computer so there's a lot of benefit to using the extreme upgrade Again, on my home patrol, what I use is I've created smaller favorites lists and I can daisy chain the different lists together instead of just picking one list. I also have used it to log activity on a brand new trunk system. So instead of running a computer and running, say, Unitrunker or uh, DSD Plus or SDR Trunk or something like that, instead of tying up a computer resource, I just let the home patrol do its thing. Then I'll come back on the home patrol and I'll play back the audio files that's recorded or I'll look at the log and I'll see, okay, these are the active talk groups on the system. These are the ones I understand. These are the ones we know. These are the radio IDs. And again, I was using that to define radio IDs because I wanted to go through the medical channels and, and map out each radio to the ambulance that it was installed in. And I used my home patrol just to do that with the extreme upgrade. So is it worth buying the extreme upgrade? Well, you're the one who's going to decide that. But in the end, for somebody that needs a more advanced scanner, other than what comes with out of the box in the home patrol, yes, fully recommend going with the home patrol upgrade. This is something that you can do yourself, right? You don't need to pay a third party to do it for you. It's very simple. Again, you go to my.unitin.com. Again, we'll put a link below or a link in the session notes. Register for an account there if you don't have one. You put your information in for your home patrol. And then basically you click on you want to purchase the extreme upgrade. They give you the serial key for that. You pop that serial key into your home patrol and boom, it's unlocked for you. There's, there's no reason really to... I mean, there are services out there to do that. But again, if you can handle entering your credit card information in there and, and doing it, you can, you can handle it. So I recommend it. Like I said, if all you need is, is the limit search up and down, then maybe you'd want to grab it on the radio. But I, I fully recommend using it because it really does add that missing functionality to the Home Patrol that, I, that we all wish was there. Now, if you think about it, right, the Home Patrol was Gen 1. The Home Patrol 2 was an upgrade to the Home Patrol to allow for Phase 2 talk groups. That's why there's a home patrol because there wasn't enough hardware in the HP one to do the TDMA talk groups. The upgrade to the home patrol though really came with the 436 and 536. This is when people were complaining that I love the home patrol idea, but I need a scanner. I need a scanner, right? One with buttons. <laughs> now one with push screen or touch screen. This is why we have radios like the 436, the 536, now the SDS-100, the SDS-200, that are built on a home patrol platform, but give us a full feeling or familiar scanner layout and interface and buttons. They kind of marry the two together, and that's where we get that HP at the end of those scanners to designate it's a home patrol backbone scanner, a home patrol database scanner. But again, it looks and feels more like a traditional scanner. So yes, go for the Extreme Upgrade. Let me know how well it works out for you. There's a lot you can do with it. And I think once you purchase it, yes, you're a little bit sour about having to do it because you expected to have this information available to you or this feature available to you on your trip. But once you get it installed, I think you'll just realize, you know, you'll forget about the pain. <laughs> Let's put it that way. All right, Mike, stand by because, again, at the end of the podcast episode here, it'll be up 
between you and our next question because that's the only other voicemail question we have this month. So with that, Dylan, go ahead and take it away. Hey, man, my name is Dylan. I'm over here in Tennessee. I'm kind of uh, new to the scanning hobby. And luckily in my area, everything with the exception of the city police department is still fully analog and non-encrypted, none of that. And I've got an older unit in BCT-8 scanner, and I bought it. It was brand new in the box, unused. Now, I know this thing is like almost 20 years old, but it, it, it was brand new, and it worked great for a while. And now it's developed just a constant hum, uh, and it won't receive anything except on CB bank. It'll still receive on CB, but it won't receive any of my local agencies, police, fire, EMS, any of that. And uh, I was wondering if this is something that you happen to have heard of in the past, if you're familiar with it, because I did some research online and found that other people with this same model have had this problem, but there's not been any published fixes. And I really love this scanner. It's got a great receive. and uh, it's easy to program and stuff just from the panel of the scanner itself, which I like as a newbie. I'm still learning the ins and outs of all this, but uh, just wanted to know if that's something you heard of and if you would happen to know what the fix might be, because I do uh, have the ability to do these repairs. I work on CB radios and stuff and have for years, but uh, just wanted to get your opinion on if not, would it be worth sending back to Uniden to have them repaired, or do you think they would even still support such a older model? Because I'd really like to keep using this. It just it's made really well in terms of the build quality, and the receive sound is just really really full, and I like it. So anyway, I appreciate everything you do for the spreading the information and being so helpful for people getting into this hobby. I've already had a lot of fun in it, and uh, your channel has really helped me to understand the ins and outs of it and how to set up my uh, radios and stuff. So anyway, thanks, and I look forward to maybe getting back with you. Hey, Dylan. Uh, Sorry to hear you're having problems with your BCT-8. I got to tell you, I bought one of those brand new many years ago when they were out, and uh, it's an interesting radio. It's, again, I think a early version of Let's build a radio for somebody that doesn't really want to program a radio, right? It's, it's built in with a search range for police, one for highway. What else was in there? Police, highway, I think rail. But you, you, you'd push these buttons on the on it, right? And it would cycle through the common frequencies that were already built into memory on the police band and, and highway and, and uh, whatever else was in there. But uh, it, it was always a pain in the neck to toggle it out of that mode too. You had to keep cycling through it. And then there was the private menus right it was 250 channels that you could put in there into your own private scan list uh it was five banks i believe that were broken up into what you could scan through and i used it for a live feed for a while because it did motorola type 2 it it did do rebanding it does do edax right which is something i also needed at the time it had a serial interface on the output so i could pro i could i could read the the what the radio was stopping on to feed that to a live feed and the radio worked well for, for quite a while. And regrettably, I, I sold it. I sold it to somebody and I was looking to buy another radio at the time. So I, I took the money I sold that one for and um, 
picked up something new. I don't even remember what I what I bought with with that one, but it was an upgrade to that radio. And I ended up missing it. I ended up missing the BCT8. So I was able to find one again locally and uh, bought a used one. <laughs> so I still have somewhere in a cabinet here, I still have the BCT8. And again, it's a nice, nice little radio. Uh, it's it's definitely th- a little bit thinner uh, than uh, like a BCT15 and uh, definitely a little bit different to use. Again, no PL codes, no alpha tags, right? I don't believe so on either one of those. And just straight uh, straight 250 memory channels and five banks. But you've got a unique problem with yours. I, I haven't really heard about this, but you are saying that you've been seeing this online. So my first question is going to be the diagnosis is you're seeing that you have a constant hum, won't receive anything except for the CB band. Does that mean you also can't receive the AM aviation band? And I'm asking that because CB is is amplitude modulation, it's AM, and aviation is also amplitude modulation. So if you can listen to your local aviation frequencies or your closest tower, do you hear anything? Is it something with FM that's not working? And if it is, then at least you've got something you can listen to aviation on, right? Maybe it's a bad ground. Uh, maybe it's bad on the antenna port. Does the hum go away when you disconnect the antenna? Does the hum go away if maybe you disconnect the speaker and you plug in something to the external speaker jack? I, I don't really know where to point you on this one. It definitely does sound like something inside is failed. Maybe you got a blown capacitor or something like that. That because at that, you said that you've got a little bit of background in repairs. Get in there and take a look around and see if you see anything that's got a smoke signature on it. Maybe really simple and easy to fix on your own. I don't think it's worth sending into unit and know for repair. The unit and repair is going to be $69.95 flat rate plus $10 shipping and handling to return it to you plus tax on both. So for the $79.95, you should definitely be able to find another used one on the market. At least you'd find something. I would, I would fair to say you'd probably find one cheaper than that. So, is it worth fixing? I don't know. Is it worth definitely taking the cover off and looking at it to make sure that you've got a good ground in there and that you don't see anything that's smoked? Definitely. But it's a good radio. I hate to see it go into the trash pile. Like I said, see if it works for AM only. See if it works for, uh, for aviation. And at least you'll have something to listen to that with and to just dedicate that scanner just to that at, at you know worst case scenario. Wish I had better news for you or better suggestion here. But like I said, check for check for smoke in the capacitors. Uh, should be easy to spot. Check to see if one blew up, right? It would look like it's just like like an old pimple, right? You'll see all the dielectric junk on the inside of would have uh, been leaking from the cap. And then, um, you know, just diagnose it from there. But best of luck with everything. Mike's uh, standby. Dylan, stand by. Because again, at the end of this podcast episode, we will pick one of you two to win a free tutoring session. Now, we're going to jump for a quick break here. For anybody that's a Patreon supporter at the $3 or higher Patreon level, you will not get this break. For everybody else, stand by and we'll be right back. Hey, did you realize it takes us almost $100 a week just to have this podcast episode professionally edited and sent over to you? This doesn't even include website and podcast hosting, administrative help, and other monthly subscriptions that are required to put the podcast out there. Now, you can help us offset these costs when you shop online. So if you're looking for a scanner radio or some software, 
looking to bid on items over on eBay, or if you're looking to purchase anything, and I mean anything, on Amazon, you can help support Scanner School in the process. And this doesn't come at any extra cost to you. So please check out scannerschool.com slash support for the multiple different ways that we have out there that you can help support us when you shop online. Again, scannerschool.com slash support. Are you looking to learn more about the Scanner Radio Hobby? We currently have courses on how to get started and up and running with software-defined radios and how to turn your SDR into a fully functioning scanner radio. With free software, you can see more and do more with trunking than ever before. And with new courses scheduled for the upcoming months, our offerings will be expanding into both Uniden and Whistler hardware and software. Check out our courses at courses.scannerschool.com or by looking for the link in this podcast description. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues, too. Visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issue and sign up today. Did you know that a pager can make a great addition to your scanner radio collection. And even if I didn't own East Coast pagers, I still have one or maybe a couple of pagers as a part of my scanner radio setup. This is because a pager can be used to just monitor your local fire department or your regional departments. And if you set it up correctly to alert you when the tones are sent over the air, then the pager will remain silent until you need to know what is going on. This frees up your scanner to monitor everything else that's going on beside your local stuff or can prevent you from missing the local stuff because your scanner is busy doing other things. Now, pagers aren't just limited to fire dispatches anymore. Unication has great solutions to monitor both analog and P25 paging systems where many public safety and police departments are switching over to. Swiss Home and Apollo make great analog solutions as well, and all three still sell Pogsack and Flex pagers, still in use by many departments for text alerting. East Coast Pagers is an Apollo, Swiss Home, and Unication dealer serving the North American market and, of course, is one of my online companies. So if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, contact us for a free quote and let us know you're a Scanner School listener for something a little extra with your order. For all full inventory or to request a quote or just to contact us, please visit eastcoastpagers.com. Our next question comes in from Lloyd. He says... Hey, Phil, are you using a Whistler TRX-2? If so, what third-party software are you using for programming and logging? So I do have a TRX-1 and a TRX-2. I don't really use them all that much, and it's not because I'm not a fan of the Whistler product. It's just that I just don't use them all that much. I have a lot of radios. The TRX-1, though, yeah, I, I use that one fairly bit. I'll, I'll backtrack that. I, I actually have it right next to me right here. I like using the TRX-1 for the Spectrum Sweep. And in fact, as I'm recording this, and we're going to talk about this in a future podcast episode, the TRX-1 is going to be front and center on a little project that I am uh, going to be doing. So with that, 
But unfortunately, there's no third-party software out there that can be used to program a TRX-1 or a TRX-2 or any other scanner radio that needs easy scan in order to program. You are able to program a GRE scanner and a RadioShack scanner with multiple different third-party programming pieces of software, such as PSR Edit or Butel and also uh, ScanCat. Remember that software. And even I think RadioShack had their own flavor of some sort of programming package you could use as well. But the software was available, which means GRE made that available. And I'm going to bet that being that the TRX can talk to a computer, right, that there is some sort of syncing back and forth. Now, it may be that because it's all written to an SD card that there is some sort of magic that happens between the computer and the SD card, and that's kind of what's locking things down. And that might have been the way that Whistler or GRE at the time licensed access to the radio reference database. Because as you would recall from an early podcast episode, we talked about Home Patrol databases and the TRX database, uh, the EasyScan, basically, uh, database. And the EasyScan platform was, I believe, the first platform to interface directly with radio reference. So there was a whole big thing, right, that had to come to agreement that, yeah, you could use software to pull the data out of radio reference at no monthly subscription cost. And that had to be protected, right? There had to be some way of doing that without just giving the information from radio reference and saving it in a flat file that anybody could just parse out the information at any time. So I'm speculating, right? I am completely speculating here that this is why you can't go third party on a TRX-1, TRX-2. Because again, Whistler took over. But again, the EasyScan platform goes back prior to Whistler buying out the GRE platform. The TRX-1, TRX-2 comes after Whistler bought out the GRE platform. So unfortunately, there's no way to communicate at all with a TRX-1 or TRX-2. You can't control it through ProScan or through Butel software. To that point, you can't write the information on the SD card with any other third-party piece of software. So that means, unfortunately, the only answer to this question is no. There's no third-party software that you can buy for programming or logging that I am aware of for the TRX-1, TRX-2. Now, if somebody knows of something, I would love to know because I'd love to be able to try this out. Now, I know there's something, or I've heard there's something that you can play around with with a smartphone for the TRX-1 that maybe there is some sort of uh, re remote software that could be used, but nothing really for programming. If you're aware of, aware of anything, I want to invite you into our Discord server, scannerschool.com slash Discord, where we can continue the conversation and discuss what might be available for that market. Bill has our next question for the month, and he says, I have a question regarding my scanner. I love the ProScan concept for my scanner. However, I can download it and run the program on my iPad. If not, is there anything out there that will compare to ProScan? I really do not want to buy a laptop just for this. Thanks for your help, Bill. Well, Bill, unfortunately, well, this, this may be a, a yes or no. 
now that I'm thinking about it after uh, I'm rereading your question here. So you say the concept, right? Which means you may not be running ProScan now. You're just looking for some solution instead of running ProScan. So no, there's no solution to actually physically running ProScan on your iPad. It's a Windows-based program. It's only a Windows-based program. It also needs access to your scanner, right? So whether it be an SDS 200 over a network interface or a USB port or uh, Wi-Fi with the 536 serial port, again, over USB, and then maybe even a line input, right? And these are all things that Apple locks down on their hardware. But no, there's nothing I'm aware of either that uh, would allow you to mimic the ProScan interface on your iPad. The best solution for this, and unfortunately it's going to take you down a path you don't want to go, but would be to be able to run ProScan on a computer, whether it be a desktop or a laptop or something that runs Windows, and set up the web server on your computer. Then use your iPad to navigate to the website that's being hosted by ProScan on your computer. From there, you will have the ability to listen to your scanner and also control your scanner. So you can push the buttons on the scanner, you can raise the volume, adjust the squelch. This would also mean you'll be able to enter the menus, toggle the scan list, all from your iPad. But it does take a Windows-based computer with ProScan running interfaced to the scanner running the web server in order to make all of that happen. Now, it works very nicely on the iPad when you have it in web server mode. But again, your iPad will be a slave off of the Windows computer that's running the host. Now, the other part here, which I am just realizing now that I am rereading your question for the podcast episode, is that what scanner do you have? Because at some point, you didn't said, oh, we're going to release an application called Siren. And Siren was going to work on both Apple devices and Android devices so that you can control your BCD 536 HP from your smartphone or your tablet. So I'm sure there's a lot of people right now that have been patiently waiting for the Android version of Siren are now screaming because they never got what they were promised. And that is 100% correct. Siren was supposed to be made to operate on both platforms. For some reason, only came out on the Apple product wasn't really what was promised and doesn't really, I mean, it works, but it's not, not nothing spectacular. I have, I've only really used it in limited, limited features or, or limited uh, experience with it. I haven't used it all that much and I haven't used it at all recently, but if memory serves me correctly, Siren was to interface with the 536 HP because the 536 HP would allow you to connect to Wi-Fi. And that was part of like the idea. Like, oh, you connect this to Wi-Fi and then you'd use your smartphone. Not really sure if you could do this with the 436 because, again, it would need to be on, a, on, on the LAN, right? There's no other really way to do that with the 436. But in theory, you should be able to do this with an SDS 200 because the SDS 200 also plugs into your local LAN. It plugs into your local network in the house using the network card 
you know, the port on the front, which again, why it's not in the back and why it's in the front, whole nother discussion here. But I also know people that have taken that network card and plugged in a wireless bridge to it. And now they use that scanner on the wireless internet in their home as well. The 536 and the SDS 200 both talk to ProScan, which means it's the same language. In fact, if you mistakenly put one or the other in ProScan and try to connect it to the opposite radio, it will work. The screen will work and the audio will work and you know the controls will work. The interface is just different. That tells you that everything should be the same. So if you have a BCD 536 or a SDS 200 and you've got your iPad and you can get access to Siren, which I still think is available on the Play Store, you should be able to use that to control your scanner. If you're trying to control anything else that's supported by ProScan, you're going to be out of luck. But again, without a follow-up to that question, and again, this is something that I'm thinking now while I'm rereading this, is yes, Siren may be an option for you. So I just checked the Apple App Store. It is still available. You want to do a search for a Uniden Siren. And what's also interesting is I now notice that it says that it works on my Mac, which is interesting. I'll have to play around with that because I haven't uh, done that. But again, this app has not been updated in the last seven years. And uh, it's it's unfortunate. But yeah, I think Uniden really ended up dropping the ball on, on this application and what they were going to do with it. But it does basically mimic a Home Patrol style display on your iPad or your iPhone or apparently your Mac. So give that a shot if you have an SDS 200 or a 536. If you don't, then unfortunately, as far as I know, there aren't any other applications out there for the iPad that would be that would allow you to interface to your scanner radio. Again, great question and thank you for writing in. All right, so before we get to the winner of this month's tutoring session, I want to remind you that, again, if you're catching this live, we'll be live tonight answering your questions on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can join us at 8.30 p.m. Eastern U.S. time. And for anybody who's a Patreon support, a $5 level or more, we'll get access to our monthly meetup where we talk about radios, scanners, and anything else that happens to be a hot topic for the month. If you want to join us over on Patreon, you can do so by going to scannerschool.com slash Patreon. We also want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast episodes so that you don't miss it when the next podcast episode releases. And we are now officially you know, publishing to YouTube. We had a video that came out last month, and I'm sure as I'm recording this now, it is still early in uh, or late in June, that we will have something coming out for July as well. So make sure you follow us over on YouTube besides just catching us for the monthly Q&A session. If you are looking for tutoring, you can, which is basically, you know, me helping you out, right? If, if you're looking for how do you set up a scan list on your new radio or how come you can't listen to this or you need help with programming, right? I'm available. You can book me over at scannerschool.com slash tutoring. It brings up a calendar and you can just go ahead and pick a date and time that's on the calendar and then that's it. A, a Zoom link is emailed to you and then we can talk and hash out whatever is driving you nuts about the scanner radio hobby. Or of course, you can always ask your question 
Use our voicemail number, and then you can win a free tutoring session like either Mike or Dylan is about to do right now. So in front of me, I have a Google random number generator, and we will go in order. Number one, we'll go to Mike. Number two, we'll go to Dylan, and I'm going to press the generate button here five times. The number that shows up will be the person that wins the free tutoring session. So here we go. One, two, three, four, five. It landed on a two. Dylan, I may not be able to help you with your BCT8 issue, but if you have anything else that's on your mind that you need help with with a scanner radio hobby, hey, you got me now for an hour. Email me, phil at scannerschool.com, and I will send you a code that you can use when you book your session so that it doesn't cost you anything. All right, everyone, don't forget. See you tonight over on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. If you are not catching this live, you can always catch a replay over there or make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss the next one. Thanks again for listening. We will definitely do one of these again next month. Again, the first Tuesdays are always Ask Scanner Schools, where we answer your scanner radio questions. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and we will talk to you all again next week. 73.